Hello, everyone. Thank you all so very much for, for making this most delightful trek with us. My name is Jermaine Watson. This is Section 31, and we are primed and ready to talk about all things Section 31. Um, I am honored to serve as your guest. I'm joined today with Mr. Jason McCammon and also William Danger Newman. He says he answered everything. Um, this is our first time recording with William Danger Newman. Um, <laughs> but before he introduces himself, let's uh, let's let Jason introduce himself to everyone. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Jason McCammon. Uh, was this my third or fourth show? Glad to be here. Glad you guys are watching and uh, glad to talk about some Trek. Excellent. William? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm William Danger Newman. Um, I'm the founder and uh, one of the lead hosts of the Galactic Driftwood podcast. We talk about all things science fiction, fantasy, horror. Uh, this is my first time on uh, the Section 31 podcast with the Trekkers Delight Group. So I'm looking forward to uh, some good chat on Section 31. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Um what I didn't do in past episodes is I didn't give anyone um, a chance to kind of like let everyone know like who they are, what it is that they do um, in their personal lives. So, Jason, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of give us a little. Uh, I've sprung the gamut in life. I've been a photographer. I've worked in film and television. Uh, I've got two books out uh, called The Ancient Lands uh, Fantasy Novels. Um, uh, lastly, I worked for years at a company called uh, Freeman, where I was, I managed audio visual installations for trade shows and conventions, which which is nice because I got to go to a lot of free uh, uh, comic cons and meet a lot of Trek, Trek people, William Shatner and Picard, all, all those people on, from Picard. Um, and uh, now I opened a restaurant like <laughs> five months ago. <laughs> Uh, called the Bowl Box, where we make rice bowls and ramen. So that is my current job as a uh, as a restaurant owner. That's why that's why my time is limited. A lot. All right, quite a savant, quite a yeah. savant. I, I checked out your book on on Amazon. His book is on Amazon. Everyone, check him out. Um, William, can you tell yes. us a little bit? Well, you did. You kind of told us a little bit about yourself, but can you elaborate? Yeah, sure. Well, in uh, real life, I'm a data network engineer, so I work with a lot of uh, network gear, routers, uh, switches, um, VPN concentrators, firewalls, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, for fun, I do this kind of stuff, podcasting. Uh, we're also, uh, my wife and I do a lot of cosplay, so we're into mm -hmm. steampunk. Um, uh, I also cosplay as the War Doctor from Doctor Who, if you're familiar with that character. It was played by John Hurt. Um and um, I'll just kind of do just all kinds of goofy stuff like that. So okay. whatever's kind of wild and crazy we're kind of into, as you can probably tell by my background here. Man, I am so nice. jealous. That's like his man cave, Jason. Did right. you know that? That's yeah. his man cave. I like it. My wife's my wife frequently after, guys, I work from home. In fact, this is where I work. And uh after five o'clock, you know, about five thirty, my wife will yellow down the stairs. Are you ever coming up? <laughs> <laughs> and you said, "Why would I leave here? Have you seen this yes. place? <laughs> I have everything I need right here. <laughs> Why I mean, would he leave? He even has the blue moon lighting, man. Like, come <laughs> on, right. is that wine? Is that wine? Is that what I see? What I see a lot of liquor back there. Yeah. Something. Oh, in the bookcase. I can't yeah. tell. Like right by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I think you're seeing uh, uh, glasses. There's like a, a glass that uh, I got at uh, Quark's Bar in Las Vegas at the Star Trek experience. Oh, That's nice. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. See, 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 see. Right, Quark's right by Bar. The right he by the Tardis. He that with liquor. <laughs> I, I just, yo, I just had a whole perspective experience just then when he walked back there. <laughs> you, you ever Me? see when they when they walk back in the converging corners and they look smaller? like in, yeah. Uh, Right. Know? Yeah. See, it even says quirks on it. That's wow. Nice. That reminds me of like a hurricane glasses on, on Bourbon Street, New Orleans. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah pretty sweet. <laughs> All right. Let's get this how started. Much, how much Latinum did that cost you? <laughs> you know, I don't remember. It was so long ago, but <laughs> one strip. <laughs> <laughs> one strip, no doubt. <laughs> All right, so to start us off in this episode, Hugh Colbert's character is resurrected via the Mycelial Network, reuniting him with his husband, Stamets. This is a season two episode of Discovery, and it is the fifth show titled Saints of Imperfection, which is derived from Guillermo del Toro's Monsters are the Patron Saints of Imperfection. Also during this episode, which is of supreme importance to this show, is what we discover about Section 31. Um, let's put this into context for our new listeners. This show is about exploring the world of Section 31, and to do that effectively, we need to take some time to really understand who, what, when, where, how, when, and why of Section 31, which includes its limitations. Remember, before we begin, we're more interested in what we learn about Section 31 through the lens of this episode. So, again, let's get started. So, the first part of the episode, um, we learn Section 31 is involved in the internal affairs of Starfleet. We also figure out some structure, right? Um, it's now identified within Section 31. Um, there's no longer any gray areas. Section 31 is part of Starfleet intelligence. Um, it's also no longer cloak and dagger. If you recall under uh, Enterprise, it was very, very cloak and dagger. You know, who like, who is this? What What is it? Never heard right. of this before. Um, even to the point, like, so so we know that discovery takes place sometime um, after Enterprise um, and even before TOS, right? That, yep. That's what we know, all right? And so by the time of Deep, Deep Space Nine, at some point, no one knows anything about Section 31. In this particular episode, we find out that people do know about section 31. Okay. So that's something that's a little different, right? So, so this is my question. What would have caused section 31 to go underground or forgotten by the time of TNG, DS9 and Voyager? Uh, I have an answer for that. What you got? Uh, but it's a spoiler for the later in the season. If nobody had, but actually if you haven't <laughs> seen the whole season by now, then I'm sorry, that's your fault. Um, well, well, what could you, if you hadn't known that, what would you have assumed? I thought, well, um, what would I have assumed? Uh, I would assume they did something bad and they got kicked out because, well, right now, it's obviously part of Starfleet, and Starfleet says it's, it's a it's a much needed intelligence um, arm of of Starfleet. Um, but what I will say later on, I think the fact that control evolved, controls evolution to AI and its takeover of Section 31, because basically by, by the 
by the end of the season, control has complete control over Section 31. It's complete. It's, it's controlled by an AI. So I think that situation pretty much shut down the program for the most part. Oh, uh, spoiler. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say somebody yeah, needs to be I, watching that. I agree with you, Jason. I think that was the main thing. So I, my sort of analysis of it is that, you know, in the early days, in the in the Enterprise series days, right, uh, the Federation was just forming. And you probably had this nascent Section 31 group that kind of formed outside of the structure of the Federation uh, with the goal of sort of protecting the interests of the Federation. I think um, in this episode, Leland probably says it well when he says, we do what we do so you can do what you do. Exactly. Right? And I think that's kind of how it started out. And I think probably what happened is sometime between the time of Enterprise and the time of Discovery, um, the Federation realized how much they needed Section 31 to get stuff done. But they also realized that there was no control and no rigor over what Section 31 did. And so I think they decided, okay, we've got this organization. We realize it's got some use to the Federation, right? Let's bring it under our umbrella, give it some structure and some oversight. And we know it's operate within the gray areas, but we're going to bring it out of the shadows and make it a more public thing that we can kind of control. And then throughout this season, we see the disaster that happens. With well, well, so, so, so this is where I got to stop you. So yeah, part, yeah. part of what we do in this particular show is we want to take it episode by episode. Right. Um, okay. Mostly because we don't want to... We don't want to throw too much at anybody. It's like, okay, yeah. this is what this is what happens here. This is what happens here. This is what happens here. This, um, and by doing that, we have a much clearer picture of what Section Thirty One is, gotcha. um, which is why, like, I really didn't want any spoilers. Um, well, so I, well, I arguably, to my defense, that's that's not fair because you asked us a question. Yeah, yeah, based, I did. Based I, on what we think happened before yeah. a certain point, and yeah. I don't know, we have that knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. I get it. I get it. Um, and 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 that is fair. That that is fair. Um, but I just don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for anyone because let's okay. face it, this particular show has meaning. Section thirty one as part of Trek is the light. It it has a lifespan, right? Um, that could be extinguished in one episode. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, so, well, let's say in this in this episode, uh, to what uh, William was saying, uh, at this point, Starfleet feels that they do have a handle on they are controlling what Section Thirty One is doing. You know, at the end of the at the end of the episode, the Admiral was given orders. He's she's telling Leland, "Hey, you shouldn't have done that. You can't do this. You gotta do that." And he's taking orders from her, like he's he's okay with it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he even apologized for stepping out of the line. But uh, and so and so this is my question. This is my question. So how entrenched is Section 31? I mean, so what I mean by that is you have an admiral 
who is giving orders on behalf of Section 31. I'm not going to say on behalf of Section 31. This is clearly like a, a Starfleet issue, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there must be some coordination between Starfleet itself and Section 31 going on to the extent that, you know, she wants, you know, by the end of this episode, she wants some, she wants the two of them to work together. Um, so how entrenched? Yes. I think it's, it, to your question, I think it's more than just the Admiral kind of over control, controlling Section 31, because we see in this episode that Section 31 has their own starships. Right. Right. And we see these starships, they have advanced technology that we haven't seen before in this era of Star Star Trek, right? Uh, for this for the Federation. So that's I mean, the 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 infrastructure you would need to create a starship and to come up with these advanced technologies requires some sort of major funding, right? And in my mind, that's got to come from Starfleet. They've got to have yeah. major buy-in from Starfleet, more than just one or two admirals knowing of the existence of this underground thing. They've got to have their own black ops budget that's within the Federation, that's within Starfleet. Right, they're well, definitely well, on the books. Well, mm -hmm. exactly. The one thing to, to, to consider at this point is it is, it is everyone knows about Section 31. Right. So it's not, you know, isn't it's well, it is black ops, but it's not to it's not to the extent that officers within Starfleet don't know about it. They do know right. about it. Right. It's All not right. like it's not like in uh Independence Day where they had like um area 51 51 and, and the president's like where do you get funding to pay for this? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> not like it's not like that. I think it's plain on paper. Yeah. Where well, it is what's going. And and we saw very early in this season, I think the second episode, when Burnham got brought onto the ship, she was walked down the corridor and there were guys in uniform with the yeah. Section 31 badges standing in the hallway. They, they said so season, it wasn't season one. Like, yeah, it wasn't like they were hiding anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and I think mm -hmm. at that point, a lot of the commentary that I saw was people said the whole um, serial number of the ship itself NCC 1031 mm -hmm. was referencing this is a 1031 ship, but now we find out that's not the case. Section 31 does have their own ships, which right. is pretty interesting, I think. So, yeah, yeah. And so it's it seems like it's a pretty common thing. It's definitely not cloak and dagger like it used to be. Right. Um, some other uh, forms of technology that we find out, in addition to the the communicator badge. Um, the holographic technology to mask the ship, the ship that you were just yep, talking about. Ship. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and also that tractor beam technology. I've never yeah. seen uh, a tra tractor beam technology like that before. That no. was different. Those are act actual physical objects that anchored onto the ship. Mm -hmm. And then right. the tractor beam pulled that. That was the first, I had noticed that too. Um, never saw that before. Yeah, because in the original series, we never really saw a tractor beam as such uh it was always just you know lock a tractor beam onto that ship and tow it along with us like in the space seed for example with khan and all that where they they brought that um ship alongside i can't remember what the name of the ship was botany bay no botany bay that, oh, yeah, that, that, that was Khan's okay. ship yes right right mm -hmm. and they just tractored it right along with the ship and uh so this is the first time we've seen where 
they deployed physical objects to anchor the tractor beams too, mm -hmm. which is kind of kind of different, and uh, makes yes. me wonder why they did it that way. Well, well in deep space, I'm sorry, in deep oh, space nine, in deep space nine, what what we found out um, from Sloan, I believe it was, is that part of what Section Thirty One does is they amass this technology, and when needed, they share this technology with Starfleet itself. So Section 31 is almost always going to be more advanced than the rest of Starfleet. But any type of cloaking device is illegal. It uh, is, well, actually, but maybe not at this point. That, maybe that wasn't really point. a cloaking device. It was a holographic image yes. because you remember it was an asteroid. Yeah. More like a disguise. Right. <clears throat> which, which tells you all the way back then they had hologram technology. Right. Right. Although it functions kind of like the equivalent of a cloak in a way, because you wouldn't know there was a ship there. You'd assume it was just an asteroid until it changed course and started to follow you. <laughs> well, well, it would have to, it would have to be, see, it can't be just a hologram because that just fools your eyes. You need something to also fool sensors. Yeah. So they it, it said, still would require cloaking technology to fool sensors. Well, they, yeah, they did say, I think in that episode that uh, it had, uh, uh, the ability to disguise or or hide the warp signature okay yeah so in that way yeah similar to a cloaking device mm -hmm. something else we learned was that section 31 is held to a high standard meaning court martials as well um so that kind of made me percolate it was like hmm so this this entity that works in the shadows um can be court-martialed. So that means, that tells me that there must have been something that happened that triggered that court, the, the ability for Section 31 officers to be court-martialed. And when I think about the upcoming show, I'm thinking, hmm, this is something that is going to be um, explored. Just Well, I think I maybe, I think that they, the fact is, is they still have, they're an entity that still has rules and still has yeah. structure. Um, just because they can go, they can stay, what it is is Starfleet has a line that it draws and they just say, you know what, we need another line to draw and operate, but everybody can't work on that line. We just have one section 31 can work in that line, but they still, it's still a, a, a military like organization and they have to have structure. They have to have a uh, hierarchy. They have to have somebody in control. They have to have, it, it just can't be chaotic. So you know? then who would regulate? It's who would regulate the situation. They're still well, under Starfleet. Well, you know? you, well, they are, but what if Starfleet itself, like at a certain point, Starfleet didn't know that Section 31 existed. So who was regulating them? And you're when, or when are you talking? You're talking about later on. Exactly. Okay, later on that things change, you know, but I'm, at, at this point in the episode it's still they still answer to any admiral in starfleet right they, that's they what take, i see they take orders I, I agree jason at at this point at this point in the evolution of section 31 they are a structured part of starfleet and as such they're within that chain of command and they're susceptible to any other type of discipline that a regular federate uh, starfleet uh officer would be subjected to if you commit a gross dereliction of duty you can be court-martialed yep and i don't think that they have an, a section 31 admiral anywhere 
I don't think there's anybody in that, in that, in that rank. <laughs> right, and because Leland, Leland says in the episode that he's the head of Section 31. And I right. think he's just a captain. Yep. Yes, he, yes, he was. But I, this is just a question. I wonder if uh, there is an admiral that is working more closely with Section 31. Uh, well, right now it's just Cornwall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so speaking of Cornwall, so when she arrives, um, and she basically gives the two information about the Red Angel and um, and emphasizes the fact that tachyon missions, emissions, excuse me, um, were used um, to which uh, to which they, I, I believe it was Pike that that said, you know, th this could mean this, this or this, and on that it was. Leland that said, hmm, time travel. He mm -hmm. kind of emphasized that point of time travel. And so what I wondered in that moment was, was he saying, um, uh, Carnwell, watch it, you know, don't let Pike know that we have the ability to time travel? Or was that him saying, I'm interested in time travel? What do you think? Uh, I think that being section 31, he immediately went to the most derelict of possibilities <laughs> where whereas like pike uh went to something more practical like or well, it could be a cloaked ship or it could be um a tractor beam but i think leland being section 31 he's he's forced to, like look at more outside the box and other options and yeah what do you think will yeah, I, I, I think so. I think um, it was mostly Leland just kind of stating the obvious. Um, right. And I think, obviously, he's very interested in the time travel and even more interested in the fact that if this is a suit that somebody's wearing that is capable of time travel, it's something Section 31 really wants. Right, and, right. So you're saying, okay, I got yeah. you. Yeah. So I think he's he's kind of putting it out there for the benefit of Admiral Cornwall that, yeah, time travel. All right. This is this is our domain now. You know, I need to take this and, and run with it. I got you. That makes sense. That's what I'm thinking. To what end do you think, like, if Section 31 would were to gain that technology, to what end do you think they would use it? to always win <laughs> like anybody yeah. wants same reason why somebody they wanted trabuchets <laughs> right because i mean to you win. know we're we're all familiar with in the future the the uh the use of the or the development of the temporal accords that sort of block the time travel because of some time war that we don't know a whole lot about right and in my mind that's what this would precipitate Right. Because yeah. we know we know that um, the there's the um, Klingon homeworld or wait, have we gotten there yet to the uh, not the Klingon homeworld, but the planet where the uh, the, the offspring of uh, Chancellor Laurel and Voke. Oh, not we, have not, we have not, not gotten yet. we haven't got there yet. Mm -hmm. okay. It's yeah. been a while since I've seen the whole season. So it's OK. It's OK. But uh, yeah, so we know that. Um, the ability for time travel is not necessarily um, limited to what Section 31 does or does not yet know about the suit or whatever. So I think if they can get it, 
they may use it for whatever they want, but this could, you know, if they get it sooner, sooner than what we know of already in the Star Trek timeline, that that could precipitate an earlier time war because there'd be obviously other um, races that would want to get it and run with it. If they only knew the 10 million ways in Star Trek that you could time travel. <laughs> yes, right. Right. The little slingshot around the sun deal. Right. Which is the easiest. Like, I, like, right. you know, like, yeah. Anyway. Um, so towards the end, and William, you kind of, well, maybe either one of you kind of sort of mentioned it. You were talking about um, Admiral Cornwall. Yeah. Um, and she made this reference. She was talking about nation building. She was just like, basically, you know that nation building is not an easy thing to do. It's un, it's unappetizing. Yeah. What do you think she was saying in that moment? I think she's saying that, you know, we, we're, we've got uh, a goal in mind here, a, an ideal that we're trying to spread across the galaxy. And we realize that there's going to be some messy things that we're going to run into that are going to prevent us from necessarily doing this uh, the way that we should do it, the way that we want to be known for. And as a result, in order to accomplish this, in other words, I think it's a case where the ends justify the means, mm -hmm. right? Or the mean, yeah, the means justify the, means the ends. Right. So, you know, she doesn't yeah. like the fact that they need Section 31, but she knows they need Section 31 if they're going to accomplish what they need to do. I think right. that's what she's saying in that point. Uh, Jason, what do you what do you think? No, I, I agree. Exactly. Uh, uh, nation building. I mean, you can call it an empire. You can look at it that way. Yeah. Um, although calling something an empire has sort of negative connotations to it. Um, sure. So. Uh, to them, they're they're just building a way of life throughout the galaxy. Is what they're yeah. they're trying to do, you know, um, and 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 it's not going to be easy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I do I do have one question because we we do see the return of Philippa Giorgio mm -hmm. in this episode, right? And she is now a member of Section Thirty One which is a big surprise to Michael Burnham and, and of course, all of us in the audience. Well, not really a surprise because we did kind of get a little teaser of that earlier, right? So we were ready for it. Michael Burnham, poor Michael wasn't. But here's this my where question. She would fit, where she would, that's where she would fit. Best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Her and Ash Tyler as well. Because it seems to be a, a, a great organization for misfits that maybe don't fit into the starfleet mold right right but one thing i noticed in this is that remember we learn with um uh god what was the captain originally on uh, discovery uh, lorca mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. when we saw lorca lorca had a problem with light because mm -hmm. he was from the mirror universe mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. but Giorgio doesn't seem to have that same affliction no not at all I think they just decided not to run not with that. To, yeah. Not to, not to just keep putting it in there. Not uh, to belabor it, it. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be nice every once in a while. It's like if you ever watched uh, Stargate. Um, yeah. Uh, what's the name? Had a started the show with a terrible, he used to sneeze all the time. <laughs> and he did Kleenex. And like six shows in, they got rid of that. So sometimes it's oh. like, 
Sometimes you yeah. just like get rid, get of, rid it. of it. In my mind, I was trying to justify that in my mind. And because I thought, you know, obviously I know the, the real reason right outside of the show world. Right. Right. Like what you were saying. But it in my mind, I was like, how would you justify that? And I thought, you know what? Because Giorgio is from that mirror universe and she was emperor there and she knew that any sign of weakness could mean her death. She would hide the fact that light bothered her. She wouldn't let anybody know that because Probably. she wouldn't want anybody to see that she had a weakness. Probably. That makes sense. There's another um, theory. Um, and I, I was just thinking about it as you mm. were talking. So even in this particular episode, we saw that uh, that she's very adept, especially she, she knows how to use a computer. She knows how to sure. manipulate a computer to get what she wants. Right. It is also conceivable. Part of the reason why Lorca never um, never told anyone was because like he was hiding the fact that he was from uh, the mirror universe. It's quite possible that Starfleet technology in, in that day yeah. had what they needed in order to, to fix her eyes. Uh, but being who she is, and they, they know that she's from the mirror universe, she's also she was also able able possibly um to do whatever was necessary to fix her eyes on her. Maybe own. section 31 had the technology to fix her. Yeah, I mean possibly. I think it'd have been nice. They could have they could have just did that and three seconds of an episode, somebody mentioned her eyes and she said, I had them fixed. That could have <laughs> taken care of it, you know? Right, 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 right. I, I have a, a small physics question. It's not really section 31, but but I, it's weird to me that the uh, the signals, they see these signals and they're sometimes they're like a hundred light years away. Like they had, they had to go to the beta, beta quadrant. So I, do the, the math on the speed of light and when you see something, Oh yeah, right, right, right. And they say, "Oh, yeah. it was gone by the time we got there." It was like, "Yeah, <laughs> it was gone a hundred thousand years ago." <laughs> right. right. I, I yeah. wonder why they just like kind of skip over that. Yeah, I mean, even, yeah, even with Discovery's ability to jump instantaneously anywhere in the galaxy, by the time that light of the Red Angel would have reached them, it would have been long gone, even if they jumped there immediately. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing to consider as well, I remember, uh, I don't know if it was in this particular episode, but I remember they said, um, or maybe I'm I'm crossing um, the current season. Um, so I'll hold it. Um, but what I'm thinking is uh, there was a point when they said we got reports from an, an outpost here, wherever it was, um, that they saw this. And so mm -hmm. then they, you know, they went there. I'm not saying that that directly answers your question where was this outpost in relation to where it was i'm not certain whatever yeah but i could be conflating um that and the current season because i, I was watching them simultaneously you, so. you still would have it would still have to travel to them and then travel to them it's still i don't know it doesn't save time really right um oh one thing i wanted to mention about just the characters at the moment is right now section 31 doesn't really seem like uh any type of villain Right. Yeah, I mean, right uh, Leland, you could tell Leland and, and Pike have kind of respect for each other. Pike just knows that Leland is in this group and that, that they're willing to go a step further than, than uh, Pike is as far as morality. Plus, he was pretty pissed that he cloaked the ship right next to him. So he's pissed about that. But they haven't really established the rapport be between them isn't any type of villainry whatsoever uh, right. at, this, at this 
at this point. There's still there's just another section of Starfleet that's operating. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So um, we kind of talked about Jarjo. Um, William uh, stole my thunder. It, it was sorry. It was something that I was going to talk about when it, when it came to Jarjo. Um, but I'm looking at the time and and what we have coming up. Um, I, I I want to end it here. We are we are going to have another episode of Section Thirty One. See us in about two weeks. Um, this is one of our shorter broadcasts. So at this time. Um, if there are any parting words from you, Jason, or from you, William, make them now. Forever hold your peace. Uh, only other point I want to make that changed in the in the show was at the beginning, Section Thirty One was going after Spock because he was suspected of murder. At the end, they're going after Spock because he's connected somehow. He's the only one who knows something about the signals. So just that motivation changed. Changed <laughs> everything. Right. right. <laughs> I think uh, once they once they got the the smell of uh, superior technology, then Section 31 refocused itself and decided <laughs> this is a little bit more important maybe than what we'd originally thought. By yeah. the way, so Section 31 involved in, see, that was something else that I wanted to talk about, just the fact that Section 31 was involved in in capturing a suspected murderer. Like, is that yeah, that's something that falls in the purview of Section 31? No. <laughs> that didn't make sense. It's no. weird. I mean, I don't know how many murderers they have in the 20, <laughs> 22nd century. Right. Um, well, they had a. We know. We know from the original series they had penal colonies. Yeah, they got penal colonies. Yeah. True. So, so we have to assume that they've got murderers. Right. But why yeah. Section Thirty One would be tasked exactly. with that? That does not seem like something an organization tasked with the very survival of the Federation would be tasked with just apprehending a murderer. Or right. is it is it conceivable that Section Thirty One knew of the connection all along, and never told Starfleet? Maybe, but it seemed like Leland learned about that during the course of the season, like we did. Right. And so, yeah. Control. Oh, never mind. Yep. There, there's no mention of control yet. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We'll have to bleep that on. But Leland, yes, Leland says, yes. that's a good point. Leland says he's the head of Section 31, and that is completely incorrect. <laughs> that's true. Right. He, he just doesn't know it yet. Right. <laughs> well, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, and if you if you uh, do a little reading on Section 31, you will find out that there's actually been an AI involved in Section 31 for a while. I'm doing, I'm doing my reading. I'm doing oh, my reading. Right. Is one of those my book? Oh, no. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. All right. Um, with that, Make certain that you like, subscribe, comment, share this particular episode of Section 31. Trekkers Delights, Section 31. Have a good evening. Bye-bye.